the more I shared circle with my friends, I saw that they lit up at the opportunity of meeting someone who has more experience than them and being able to share a bit of their own skills or insights with someone of a different age. Welcome to Zestful Aging, where I talk with fascinating, talented, and inspiring guests who reflect on the adventures and challenges of aging and who are living their lives with vibrance and purpose. I'm your host, Nicole Christina, psychotherapist, writer, and fellow Zestful Ager. I want to invite you to my brand new free webinar, Zestful Aging, Here's How You Do It. Many of my clients tell me that they're stretched too thin with too many demands upon them. They are just worn out. In my brand new webinar, I teach simple and sensible habits that will significantly improve your life now and help you age with vibrance and resilience. But it's important to start now. Don't wait until your body's distress signals go from a whisper to a scream. If you follow me at all, you know I'm not about restrictive diets or boot camps. I believe life can be challenging enough. Let's appreciate our bodies and minds for the miraculous systems they are and take the time to take care of ourselves. Self-care pays big dividends now and in the future. And being well ourselves is the only way we can help those we love. And if you sign up now, I will send you my super zestful aging checklist, which I designed so you have clear guidelines right at your fingertips. The webinar is free. You can sign up at NicoleChristina.com. And as always, I appreciate your feedback. Well, I have my Jack Russell Terrier Sparky right beside me and my coffee in my hand. So let's begin. Today we're speaking with Charlotte Jap, who's the 28-year-old founder of Circle, an intergenerational networking platform that connects people from different age groups through cultural events. Circle events have explored industries like publishing, tech, and fashion through the lens of multiple generational experiences. Charlotte is passionate about creating smart social change to galvanize people of all ages, to share stories and teach each other lessons that can't be learned from Google. Charlotte's project was recently profiled in the New York Times. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. This must be so exciting for you at 28 and having a really lovely write-up in the New York Times. It's so exciting. I really didn't expect everything to happen. Um, My first event was in June, so it's really only been a few months. And so much has happened. Yeah, it really has. And, you know, I was thinking about our talk today, and I was wondering about this whole idea of inspiration. And I'm curious how this idea came to you. So the story goes, I was working my first job out of college, and I was lucky enough to land a really cool creative position at Vice Media. 
And, you know, Vice, as I'm sure many people know, is a youth media company. And it's really true to that youth moniker. The average age of a person working at Vice is about 28. Mm -hmm. So when I started at about 22 or 23 years old, there was so much that I didn't know about what it was like to really work and be out in the field because I had just come out of college, you know, reading and writing and, and doing a lot of things that prepared me in how to think analytically. But there was so much about the industry of media that I had to learn. And I really wasn't getting those lessons and learnings from my managers, who were all very close to me in age. They were in their early 30s. Mm-hmm. So the things that I wasn't learning from them, I actually brought to my parents And I was actually living at home at the time because I wasn't making a lot of money. And I was lucky that my parents lived in New York City and I was able to commute from just uptown to Brooklyn. And we had these amazing conversations because they themselves had worked in adjacent industries as creative people. And they themselves had actually been aged out of their own jobs and had to restart and reimagine their careers. So Mm. as much as I was learning from them, about how to enter my first career, I was actually teaching a lot to them about how to reinvent their own in a part two or encore career. Mm -hmm. And so that really inspired this idea of Circle and creating a place that doesn't really exist in our day-to-day lives where people from different generations are connecting and sharing skills and sharing stories. So I wanted to bring that to other young people my own age or older or younger, but then also to include this siloed group of older people, whether it's Gen X or up, baby boomers especially, and to help them feel like they were still relevant in society and culture, even if it just meant you know a conversation to refresh on a certain industry or new trends coming up um, that would help them to stay more relevant in their careers and their jobs um, or even just to help them along their own personal journey and path, just like people my age are still growing and developing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was really why I wanted That's to do genesis. this. And um, I'm curious how your peers have reacted. Are they interested and willing, or do they step back and say, I've got Google, why do I need, you know, um, Susie here or something like that? <laughs> Actually, it's funny because I thought that this attraction to different generations and that kind of dialogue was something so specific to me just because I've always been someone who's obsessed with history and legendary icons and music and fashion, you know, this this wave of, of creativity that's come before me. And I thought that was kind of my thing. And the more I shared Circle with my friends, I saw that they lit up at the opportunity of meeting someone who has more experience than them and being able to share a bit of their own skills or insights with someone of a different age. Um, so it's actually been really interesting. And even the people on my outer circle, so not, you know, my, my best friends come to events and are very supportive and they love circle, but there are people that I am not so close with who are kind of coming out of the woodwork and being like, this is something that really speaks to me for their own reasons. They have their own backstories and whatever, but they're really attracted to this platform and they come to events, they work at events and volunteer, 
And it's been really amazing to just reconnect with some of the people that I haven't spoken to in a while because they are as passionate about connecting with a different generation as I am. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it occurs to me that you're you're going back in, in a in a way that's really uh been um, like with families, with multi-generational families living together, this is the way perhaps it used to be. We used to learn from our elders and we used to teach um, the younger people in the family. It's like what's what's new is old is what's old is new again. Right. Is yeah. that what it feels like? Yeah, I think there's definitely an element of that. And I've thought about the bigger picture of this definitely being something that's existed for generations before this modern age. Um, I also think there's so much to be said in twisting the stigma and actually, you know, the whole anti-ageism fight and movement is currently very rooted in an older generation who's frustrated with the situation today. But when you flip it and you give younger people a different perspective and say, there's so much amazing art and history and culture that came before us that actually brought us to where we are now, um, especially if you're working in a creative field, it's all referential. So it's important Mm -hmm. to look back and, and appreciate different creative times, different people, um, you know, all these pioneers that have brought us to where we are. So I think in the past when there were generations cohabitating and, um, you know, people had those relationships really organically, younger people were reminded maybe more often. Mm -hmm. And today when you have this really educated generation of millennials, it's sort of nice to remind them because they're going to school and they're learning from these people that came before them. Um, it's just as relevant, you know, that's, it's basically the same thing. It's just putting it into a different context. Yeah, it's so interesting. I, and I, I'm thinking part of what you're saying is younger people are learning tech skills, but there's more to learning and more to maturing and more to understanding about the world than new, um, you know, new tech skills or new processes that you're really talking about relationships and the power of relationships. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's like, I guess when I say educated, I mean that in all respects, I think Mm -hmm. tech is something that we've grown up with. So it's a second nature to us, probably Mm -hmm. more so than for um, our parents or grandparents. But I also mean that in the sense that We are all, you know, we've gone to college. There's so, you know, college has become this thing that you have to go to. And um, if you speak to someone about what they studied, they'll light up about, for me, it was comparative literature and studying French and German. For someone else, it might be art history. For someone else, it might be economics. So we're all studying and appreciating the work of previous generations who have brought these lessons down to us and are part of our history and culture as as a group of people. Um, but it's it's nice to remind them that there are people living today that we could also be learning from um, mm-hmm. and who have also accomplished a lot of great things. Mm-hmm. That's why the, the the name of this initiative is so perfect. How did that come to you? I, I read that it's, it's a Swedish word as well. Yes. Um, so my mom raised me with this love for design, 
design with a capital D. Um, that's sort of decor and furniture and all the beautiful stuff that we sit on <laughs> and eat on. But um, Scandinavia is really like this epicenter for beautiful, smart design, um, often really simplistic. You know, you think of minimal um, design and furniture and things like that. So I was actually in Stockholm. Um, I've been to Sweden twice. I love the country. I love all of the creativity coming out of Sweden, music, art, fashion. Mm. Um, and I was with some friends and we were talking about this thing that I hadn't named yet. And I was like, oh, it's about connecting generations. And, you know, it has, it's, it's really something that works for, both, for anyone who's involved, anyone of any age, so long as there's a reciprocal relationship where someone is sharing and teaching, but they're also learning. And so the other person in that equation is also sharing, teaching, and learning. And it's really smart design. It's just not a visual design that you would normally think of. It's not a piece of furniture and it's not a piece of art. It's societal and cultural design. Mm -hmm. So when I was thinking about that reciprocal relationship, it really is like a circle. And it's like um, the situation today is almost like two dots, you know, like there's young people and older people. And, and that's that. And they live in these silos and they exist so disparately from each other. But in a circular fashion, there is the give and take that we're giving to each other. And so it really becomes a never ending circle and a reciprocal relationship. Mm -hmm. So I just basically took circle and made it Swedish mm -hmm. because of its great design. <laughs> yeah, that's brilliant. That's, that's really lovely. Um, could you paint the picture of what one of these events might look like as a sort of a, a bystander? What, what does it actually look like? Sure. So every event is dedicated to a certain industry or topic. I've started off doing a lot of uh, professional topics first just because I was really interested in that and that was what inspired Circle. But, um, you know, down the line, I'll be doing topics that are more personal, like love and relationships. But anyway, so it'll be dedicated to one topic and it's open for anyone to come. You don't have to work in that field by any means. You would enter and there's about 30 minutes of mingling and there's usually some drinks available, maybe some snacks. Um, it's usually held in a venue that relates to that topic. So when we did an event about publishing, it was at the Bowery Poetry Club, which is a really beautiful space on the Bowery in New York. And We'll do some drinks, drinks, mingling, some sort of informal networking, and then there'll be a speaker who, it could be one person giving a presentation, that was the first one at, uh, for publishing. Then um, in another case, we had two different speakers from two different generations. Mm -hmm. That was in tech. We had um, a Gen X and a millennial person, and they each gave a lesson about what they learned working in tech. And they were very different lessons because they were specific to when they came of age and worked in the industry. And the time periods were obviously different. Um, and then in the last example with fashion, it was actually a panel discussion where there were different figureheads from the fashion industry and they were all from a different generation. There was a millennial, Lindsay Peoples-Wagner from Teen Vogue. She's the editor-in-chief. There was a Gen X, Michelle Lee from Allure magazine. She's mm -hmm. also the editor-in-chief. And then there was Beth Ann Hardison, 
who's an iconic legend. Um, she started off as a model, but now she's become more of an activist for diversity in fashion, and she's a baby mm. boomer. So it was really fascinating to have them in conversation and share their different viewpoints based off of their personal experiences um, and obviously informed by their age. So mm -hmm. it really depends on what works for the topic, but basically there's a presentation component. And afterwards, uh, I've created this game called the Circle Game, and it's basically a structured way of networking and getting people from different age groups and backgrounds to meet and talk to each other um, and mix up the room a bit. So there are these circles that I've made, very crafty, and <laughs> they each have a different color that they're assigned, and they have circles in that color um, as the design, and then they have a name that corresponds to that color, so it's very specific. And then they're cut up into four different quadrants, and they're passed out. So you have to find the other three mm. matching quadrants You're to missing your color. Pieces? Yeah. Ah, that's brilliant. And is that something that you just developed or or is that something that you had um, borrowed from uh, someplace else? No, I created that game. I think in the earliest version, it was like two pieces and you had to find your match. And then uh, someone was like, why isn't it just shaped like a circle? <laughs> I was like, oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so that's so beautiful. Now, what are the logistics of this? Are you inviting these people, finding locations, doing the invites? I mean, are, do you have a staff at this point? No, right now it's just me. <laughs> oh goodness! And you're you're making these invitations, and these icons are saying, "Yes, of course, I'll come and be on your panel." Yeah, I, it's really interesting, and I'm learning a lot about how to navigate this, but there are these key ingredients like you listed. You know, there's designing invitations, creating a ticket platform, you know, a website, um, inviting people, thinking through the programming and finding a venue. Often things come together. So um, with the venue, for example, we did this fashion one last week, and it was hosted by a quite well-known designer, Prabhul Gurung, and his new space that he just opened on Bleecker Street has an event space in the basement. So he wanted to create events that would bring all different types of people inside of his store into his world, really, and he's um, such a voice for diversity and inclusion in fashion. Mm -hmm. So this was kind of a different spin for him. He's usually talking about race and ethnicity, um, or you know LGBT and trans rights and and representation, but this was a little bit different. And my friend works for him, so that was a lucky break ah. for me. And she really Lauren Cooper, she really pushed it forward and pitched it to him, and then had an idea for these panelists that she had already been in contact with as someone who works for Prabhu Gurung. So she was able to make the ask in a really natural way. And lucky enough, they believed enough in, in Circle and the mission of connecting generations. They said yes. And how much did the New York Times exposure help with some of this, do you think? I think it definitely helped. Um, maybe it was more helpful in getting the word out to potential guests. Mm -hmm. uh, I think when Lauren made the ask, she included a link, and I hope some of those women read it. Maybe they didn't. I think... They had enough trust in her to just go along for the ride and believed enough in the mission of Circle to say yes. Mm -hmm. I think in the future, if I'm in a situation where 
I don't have that personal connection, having the article will definitely be that little extra edge mm-hmm. of legitimacy, you know? Absolutely. Um, some, cre- some street cred. Exactly. But I think what I learned is that it's really helpful to partner with a larger organization that has their own credibility in a certain industry mm-hmm. or topic some sort of space, you know, that they play in and then collaborate and really, you know, see what each of us can bring to the event. Mm. Um, It just was really powerful when we did this together about fashion. Do you um, know Kat Schuler, Catherine Schuler? Um, I should look her up. Uh, Well, I'm going to give you her contact information after we're finished. She's a big, she's a professor at FIT she is the widow of um, one of the gentlemen who created Marvel Comics, oh. and her whole thing is fashion diversity, and she is a force to be reckoned with. Um, I interviewed her on this podcast, so you can hear about that, but um, after the show, I will give you contact information. She's in New York, and I'm sure she'd love to speak with you. Thank you. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm thinking, you know, you graduate from college, you talk to your parents, you're doing this thing. And all of a sudden in June, things kind of explode. And I'm just trying to think about what your to-do list must look like. (laughs) So full transparency, this is a side project for me at the moment. I have a normal full-time job, which (laughs) creates an even more difficult situation. Uh Um, But it's fun. I'm a busy body, so it works for me. But Um, it's interesting because the difference in circle from when it started to where it is now is that it started as something where my friends were coming to support me. And now it's become something where people I don't know are coming to support circle. Mm -hmm. So that's been really important because I remember a friend of mine at the June event making a comment because all these wonderful people were coming and so proud of me that I organized this event. She said, I feel like I'm at your wedding. Uh-huh. And I didn't like that because it's not about me. It's, it should have nothing to do with me. It's about circle and it's about the circle mission and the movement of connecting generations. So now, ironically, um, that friend barely was able to get a ticket to fashion, circle fashion, because it had sold out so quickly. And the people that were buying tickets were people I'd never met before. That's, and the, yep, that's, that's amazing. You're hitting so many important uh, points here. And I'm sure you know that loneliness is epidemic. Mm-hmm. And so there's so many needs, I think, that are being filled here. And, and it's, it's this, this lovely concept that I could see people would just want to be involved in and it not be too intimidating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, it's actually an interesting point to make because I obviously Circle is, is my project. So I have become a face for it in a way. But people feel more comfortable coming to these events when they can see a recognizable face. You know, I was the girl who sent them a newsletter and I always sign it very personally, you know, from Charlotte. And they really feel like, I'm quite open and transparent in those newsletter letters. Um, Or if they come to one, like I have a friend, Wendy, who I met just because I think she just came to the one in June and she's come to everyone since. And Mm. she's such a supporter. And I think it's really because of our personal connection that she feels comfortable coming, sometimes alone, sometimes she brings a couple friends. 
but it is really important to have that personal connection um, to make this work because it is about people at the end of the day. And you've used the word magic um, in terms of what happens at these gatherings. <laughs> is that is that what it looks like and feels like when you're seeing people meet? Yeah, I think so. It's really special. There are amazing connections that happen. Um, I think I just get a kick out of connecting people in general. Sometimes it's just some of my girlfriends that have never met each other, and I put them together at a dinner that we all hang out and go out to eat and they just hit it off and that gives me a really special mm-hmm. feeling. But doing that for people who actually are seeking that kind of connection, you know, with knowingly looking for it and then finding it is just incredible. Um, the other day at Circle Fashion, um, this new woman I met, Robin, she is a veteran of the fashion industry. I think she was like a producer for fashion shoots. She was a stylist. Her husband's a photographer. I think she had a thrift thrift store at one point. She was sitting in the audience next to a woman um, who's a bit younger, and she works at What Goes Around Comes Around, which is a really chic thrift store in Manhattan. Mm -hmm. And they hit it off because Robin had actually sold her own vintage clothes to that store, (laughs) but in the 90s when it just opened and she'd Mm. sold it to the owner. And so now she was having this full circle experience talking to a young woman who's working there and reminiscing on her own experiences, you know, selling her her fines, um, you know, making a bit of money, seeing these women wear her clothes. Like it was just really beautiful. She just sent me an email about that today. It feels like it makes the world so much smaller you know, there's something about that that level of connection and that joy in meeting people. I find that um, hosting the podcast that I can be talking to someone from New Zealand and we'll start talking and having, you know, really feeling a connection. And it is just such a, a pleasure doesn't even really capture it. But like there are people all over the world that are, you know, you have this connection and maybe you don't know them intimately and they won't be your inner circle, but just knowing they're out there, I think changes the quality of our lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's actually frustrating sometimes because I get really nice messages from people who read the New York Times article or maybe just were, you know, referred to circle through a friend. And they ask me, could you come to Austin or Montclair, New Jersey, these very specific communities that they feel are lacking that intergenerational connection. Mm -hmm. And I want to say yes to all of them. I want to be like, (laughs) yeah, let's do it. Let's plan the event. Spread the love. (laughs) And realistically, you know, there's so much work that goes into making an event happen. But if there's a way, maybe in the future, maybe Circle will will grow and, you know, travel and I have I have big plans for it. I have a lot of ideas for ways to in- involve those people, but I hope that someday though they will be able to be as involved as they're wanting to be. Mm-hmm. It really has the ability to. I mean, I don't want to be too hyperbolic, but it has the ability to change the world. I mean, if this can, if this sort of cell can go off and um, and grow throughout the world. What what a wonderful thing this would be. Yeah. I always say I have a lot of outcomes that I wish for the world that Circle can contribute to. 
but one of them is just getting older people who are living longer to stay working if they want to stay working mm-hmm. or get that new job if they want to get a new job. I think um, it's it's a big problem, uh, and obviously I'm very focused on professional topics, but I think it's a really big problem when you have such a large generation that you speed the largest generation of all time with so much knowledge and so much experience just left out mm-hmm. and all of that brain power just kind of sitting on the sidelines. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I am becoming a little bit more senior in my own world at work and we're hiring a position right now and I'm trying to be as open and push all of my colleagues to be open to looking at candidates who are not millennials, who are a little bit older and have a lot to offer, um, but just need a little bit of exposure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see. Uh, you also said earlier um, that, you, you know, you're, of course, you're interested in the professional topics, but you also mentioned love and relationships. Mm-hmm. How do you see that going? So my next event is actually going to focus on love and It's really interesting. I can't give too much away right now, but Mm -hmm. it will be a really fascinating discussion that is led by two women who are best friends. One of them is 31 years old. The other is 70. Um, They've traveled the world together. They've gone through heartbreak and, you know, they've just supported each other through so many experiences. Mm -hmm. The older woman is a widow and the younger one is in her first kind of real serious relationship right now that she met on a dating app. Um, and there are so many things that I look for when I talk to someone with more experience, you know, I kind of look for my questions about dating to be answered. I have, you know, so many situations that I just don't understand because dating is so fuzzy and, and, uh, and fraught. (laughs) (laughs) It's such a confusing world. And the truth is that a lot of the confusion doesn't go away as you date through the ages. Um, and even things that happen, like this is so funny, but the older woman just experienced ghosting for the first time. Oh my goodness. And unfortunately it's something that I think every millennial has experienced firsthand, Mm -hmm. but it is a product of this time, this technology that we're using. And it just allows for that kind of behavior, unfortunately, but, um, could you define that for, for our audience? Cause maybe not everybody knows what that is. Oh, sure. So ghosting is when you've been dating or seeing someone for a little bit of time. It doesn't have to be, um, you know, a super long time. Maybe you've gone on a couple dates and you think things are going well and suddenly you reach out to make a plan or you just see how they're doing and they never respond to you mm-hmm. and they disappear like a ghost. Yep. It's like it never happened. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it really drives people crazy because it, it feels like, I mean, sometimes I, one time I was ghosted by a guy that I was seeing for like, I think a couple months or something. Wow. And it felt like, it almost felt like grief because it was like, poof, disappeared, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And you don't know what's happened. So I think there's so many mixed feelings. Are they okay? Mm-hmm. Did they get, you know, are they hurt? Are they ill? And, <laughs> you know, there's, I, there must be so many different feelings and, and trying to negotiate how, what should I act on? Right. Yeah. Totally. Those are all feelings that people are experiencing with ghosting. And, um, I recently went to brunch with Beth Ann Hardison, one of the speakers from the fashion event. And I asked her about ghosting because I know I'm really digging into this 
love and dating and relationships topic. And, you know, she, she thought it was hilarious. She couldn't believe that was a real thing. And we compared our experiences. She happened to, you know, lucky woman, like she said in her time coming of age and dating in New York, she kind of just went from relationship to relationship um, and got married, I think, in the late 80s. But it, it was really fun to just ex- compare our experiences and to see how time and when we're experiencing, you know, a relationship, um, how that changes the actual relationship and what happens. So today, you know, we're experiencing ghosting. In the past, maybe you didn't get a call back or mm-hmm. something different, some equivalent. Um, or maybe it just didn't happen as frequently at all because people had a different way of treating each other or relating to each other. So it's a really interesting world to dive into. So I'm really excited to switch it up, get out of the, the workplace for now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, where will you, and where will you hold the, the love event? You said you'd it like it San to Francisco. be... Oh, okay. I was going to say, you like it to be, you know, reflective or or appropriate. Yeah, it actually will. I can't, I can't mention the venue right now, but um, it'll be released on February 14th on Valentine's Day. Perfect, perfect. So that's when everyone will know where to go, but it will be in San Francisco. And the venue itself is the perfect place to talk about love and dating. Oh boy, now you've got me really curious. I have an idea. I have an idea. (laughs) (laughs) Oh wow, that sounds that sounds like a lot of fun. So, you know, I I hear your enthusiasm. It's such a beautiful project. Are there times when you have to just sort of as one of my friends says, swim in the shallow end and just, you know, kind of unplug and not be creative and thinking about what would be the best next topic and who should I invite? Do you have to wind down? Um, it's a good question. I, I was just having a conversation about this with a friend last night over dinner and we were both saying how hard it is to be in the moment sometimes. Mm-hmm. And even when I was in this event, you know, this circle fashion event was like a really apex moment for me because well Anna Wintour showed up which is a huge surprise oh my goodness (laughs) it's getting better and better I mean I was I kind of knew she was coming but then she said she wasn't coming and then she turned up and it you know I was double as surprised but so all these amazing things were happening my friends were there my mom was there my brother and sister um people were meeting each other there's so much happening and I remember just taking it all in but I was also so hyped, you know, I had such um, adrenaline and I was like planning and making sure things were moving smoothly. And I, I remember afterwards thinking like that was such a rush for me and I wish that I'd had a moment to just take mm. it in and enjoy it. And that's um, what people say about their, their weddings, by the way. You may already know that. Oh, really? That okay. exact same thing. Yes. <laughs> okay. That's good to know. <laughs> Uh Um, And then I think to answer your question more directly, um, (laughs) I don't know if I've ever, I can't think of a recent time that I've unplugged and completely just relaxed. Um, It might be best to do that now while events are still happening on like an every other month basis. Mm -hmm. But I'm, I'm always thinking about the next thing. 
I don't know. And it gives me a lot of excitement. You know, it makes me feel good. I love checking who's looking at the newsletter. I love to see who's liking stuff on Instagram. Um, it's a feel good thing. So I don't oh, really feel sure. a need to turn off. <laughs> and it's not, I mean, it's not even that you're putting this product out there and a lot of people are buying your, you know, whatever, your mm-hmm. chair, your beautifully designed chair. It's that you're really, I mean, you really are increasing the quality of people's lives. And I could see how, you know, this is, of course, my bias, but as a social worker, I mean, there's nothing more uh, satisfying. Mm-hmm. Totally. It feels so good. <laughs> That's why I'm excited to try San Francisco. It's a new market. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I want to eventually go to even more cities. So it'll be a learning experience for sure. Mm-hmm. So, Charlotte, how can people find out more about your events and even try to get tickets, although it sounds like that's getting more and more difficult. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's so many ways to stay in touch with Circle, and I'm pretty good about updating things and responding to emails. So the best way, the best resource is really the website, which is C-I-R-K-E-L mm-hmm. dot world, okay. circle.world, and there are ways to get in touch with me directly through the mm-hmm. site. Um, there's a lot of photography and recap material for checking out what we've done in the past to see mm-hmm. if that appeals to you and some information of, you know, how events work. And then I'm on social media as well. Uh, circle underscore world is the Twitter okay. and CIR dot KEL is the Instagram handle. Um, and, and you could probably link to all of those through your website, I'm guessing. Yeah, it's all linked on the site. Mm-hmm. That's really the best place. Um, yeah, I think that's re- And you can even check out the New York Times article through the site. Mm-hmm. I'll put that actually in the show notes so people okay. can see that. Because that's a really, in the, and there's a nice picture of you. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's very uh, positive and, and, and flattering. Is there anything else you'd like to tell our audience uh, or share with them about what this has been like for you creating and seeing it grow? I guess my, you know, my parting words or, you know, the thing that I really want out there is just a nice, gentle reminder that you're surrounded by people who are carrying their own histories and stories. And it's so important to reach out and get to know someone, even if you think, you know, they're too senior for you because they're, you know, some executive at the company you're working at, or, you know, they don't seem interested in you. If you feel like there's an intimidating millennial who's just looking at their phone the whole time, there's so much um, that we're missing when we're not making these connections. And it's, you know, the most important resource that we have. It's really, you know, each other. So I would encourage you to introduce yourself to someone who maybe you've wanted to meet but haven't. Mm. Um, And I also encourage you to talk to people that you talk to all the time, like your parents or your grandparents. Um, I sadly just lost my dad. It's heartbreaking. But he was really the inspiration for Circle because his life was so rich. And he taught me so much about culture and creativity and his stories were just stranger than fiction. Mm-hmm. And so your parents have a lot to share as well. Um, sometimes those are the first people that we overlook. So mm-hmm. I do encourage you to talk to them. 
So part of this has this real personal um, honoring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My dad was like such a character. I mean, his story, like he lived the madman age of oh. advertising. Oh my he climbed Mount Everest. He lived in London, <laughs> Paris and New York for like decades each. Um, wow. He just like really lived. And although he passed at 72, I actually feel that he lived more than most people do if they live to 100, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, that's always such a good lesson for all of us. Yeah. And, um, and I guess on a practical note, I guess I'm always open to suggestions and I really want Circle to feel like it's everyone's movement. Um, so if there's a city that you think really, or a community that really would like to host a Circle event or, you know, a company that would like to do something um, because they need help creating connections between, you know, a large group of employees or um, any topics that seem particularly ripe for this kind of dialogue. I'm just really looking to hear from people and mm. to get suggestions. Um, I don't want this, you know, I'm reading this book, New Power, which is about the difference between uh, traditional uh, ways that information and influence was spread and New Power which is all about sharing and allowing a movement to spread beyond the person who created it. So mm-hmm. this is really about, you know, celebrating new power and bringing people into the movement who want to be involved. Wow. Well, just it's it's been really lovely speaking to Charlotte and learning about Circle. There it sounds like you're having a really good time and people are benefiting from it. It must be really gratifying. It is, and I'm grateful that you've reached out. I think it surprises me every time someone, you know, wants to connect or give me a little bit of a microphone to say uh-huh. what Circle's about. Like I'm Talk just, about your baby. Yeah, and I'm, I'm just grateful, and it's always a nice surprise. So thank you for having me, Nicole. Thank you so much for joining us on Zestful Aging. If you like the podcast, please share with some of your friends. I love to hear from my listeners. Send me an email at nicolechristina.com. And please consider becoming a patron of the show. You will get access to exclusive bonuses and you will be part of the Zestful Aging community. Keep us going strong. Go to patreon.com slash zestfulaging. See you next time for another episode of Zestful Aging.